What's going on, Athlete Nation? This is the Money Minded Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Pullins. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about money. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about finance, investing, entrepreneurship, anything money business related for the high school, college, and young professional athletes. We are going to cover it. It's primarily going to be a interview type podcast where I'm going to bring a lot of people powerful athletes on that are changing the game in the business world right now. And speaking of, have the very first guest on the Money Minded Athlete show, Luke Noland. I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman. Uh, it's been about three, four years now. We met at a fitness business conference in San Francisco, and he was working with a couple of power players in the in this in the fitness world in the nutrition world uh powerlifting world crossfit world i mean they're just they're just so intertwined over there um and i definitely want to touch on you know that connection that networking how we got into that world uh luke nolan is a personal trainer sports nutritionist and performance coach from san diego california he got his bachelor's degree in kinesiology with an emphasis as a fitness specialist like I said, from not only from San Diego, but the San Diego State University. And he is the owner and founder of Nolan Performance. Luke, welcome to that Money Minded Athlete Podcast. Glad to have you on, sir. Thanks for having me, man. I feel I feel honored to be your first guest. This is uh this is a, this is a oh, first this time for me being the first first timer on a podcast. So I'm I'm excited. I I, I can just hope I can do it nice. justice and, and kinda kinda start it off right. Absolutely. I know you will. Well, like, like I was telling you folks, like I said, I met Luke uh, a few years back and we met a second time at uh, his, not only a mentor, but you were working with Jenny Roberts. Was that right? You were working for her with Val- Valkyrie Nutrition? Yeah. So when we met in uh, San Francisco, I was with Valkyrie Athletics. We're mm-hmm. at an online nutrition kind of meal plan company for CrossFit, powerlifters, anything really high performance. Definitely working with, mm-hmm. with the general population as well, but um, yeah, they were definitely very, very well connected within the fitness industry. And, uh, yeah, we were up at the, up at the NorCal kind of, we were supporting a, a good friend Khaled who was putting on the conference. And then mm-hmm. we're also mm-hmm. kind of using that as opportunity to kind of spread into the kind of the, into the NorCal base because that, that is such like a strong CrossFit kind of population. So, um, definitely. so yeah, that was, that was where we met you as well. So it was a, it was a win-win for all of us. Yeah. And then it was pretty exciting uh, about two weeks ago. I'm at uh, another guy who I'm excited to have on the podcast here soon. His name's Ryan Stuman. He's out here in the Dallas, Texas area. The hardcore closer is what he goes by. He had a million dollar network mastermind event in Dallas about two weeks ago. And I'm sitting there day one, halfway through. And I look over the corner. And I was like, that can't be him. Message him, message Luke on, on Instagram. It's like, dude, are you in Dallas right now? And then after the speaker gets done, walk over and was like, Luke, hadn't seen this guy for a couple of years. And, and it was just, you know, it really, really exciting to run into you again. And, you know, just kind of affirms to me that you're that, you're that kind of guy that I want, want on this podcast to share with these athletes, you know, your story and your background, but two that you're just continuing to further your education, you know, the importance of business and, and you're just, you know, you're, you're on your game right now, which is exciting. Yeah, man, that's ultimately what it's all about, you know, because I think I kind of took I took that kind of athlete mindset, you know, because I was always always athletic, you know, I was always kind of one of the one of the more athletic ones on the team, but was never physically gifted with any any like any superior <laughs> size, right? So I kind of recognized mm-hmm. early on the the value in training for my sport, playing football. You know, I was I was a slot receiver and was just always mm-hmm. the hardest worker. I was I spent the most time in the weight room. Yeah. I mean, of anyone on the team, I was pound for pound probably one of the strongest players on the team and you know, built up, built up decently good, you know, speed and agility to the point where, you know, I went from being, I think I was five feet, a hundred and hundred pounds, maybe going into my freshman year to, you know, playing my uh-huh. senior year, you know, five, eight, one seventy five, and really being a, being a team captain. Right. So, um, taking that nice. same kind of mindset into the business world was just kind of an easy transition for me because it's really not about, you know, wins and losses necessarily, but it's about how much you put into it. Right. So it's at the end of the day, did you give it your best effort? You know, and um, yeah, I know running into you was, was funny because it was like one of those things where you kind of look up and you like see someone and then you're like, oh shit, you know, I didn't 
totally didn't expect to see you there, especially, you know, because we met yeah. in San Francisco. So of all places yeah. to be in Texas. And, but like you said, you want to be surrounding yourself with those people that are in that same kind of mentality, same mindset as you. So not only was it, you know, beneficial for me to go and learn from those speakers, but then it also allowed us to reconnect and, you know, here we are. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's a win for everyone. Definitely. Well, I want to, I want to dig into that, you know, your, your business a little more, but before we get into that, I kind of want to, to reverse the clock a little bit, go back in time. Yeah. Um, you know, what was, what was, you know, I know you said football, was there anything else you were playing growing up? What was your favorite sports, favorite athletes? Uh, growing up, um, favorite athletes. So growing up, I mean, so being lefty, I was, I was, like I said, I was pre-athletic. So I, I played everything, you know, played baseball, <laughs> played basketball, played football. I mean, you name it, golf. I was in the water. I was, you know, doing doing a little everything. Um, being in San Diego, but uh, so I played baseball yeah. and fo- baseball and football were my two biggest sports growing up. Um, you know, baseball, and, and I'm sure you know how it is. Like when you play baseball as a kid, it's like you start maybe January, you start getting ready for the season, and then um, uh-huh. from my from when I was about eight to twelve, we did all stars every summer. So that goes, you know, easily into August, and um, because we were always pretty good. So. Uh, I just got played so much baseball as a kid. By the time I hit 12, I personally was just kind of burnt out on on the speed of the game, mm-hmm. so that I was naturally, you know, kind of gravitating more to football. And then that kind of led me um, into boxing as well as a way to train for football. Nice. Um, so really, kind of have dabbled. I mean, soccer. I mean, all the way through, you know, middle school, like like most kids do. And um, mm-hmm. I really look at that as not only as you know a contributor to my overall kind of you know say love of strength training and stuff like that but also it builds that mentality in you you know to kind of go after the things that you want you know and really kind of push yourself to be the best i think like like i was saying earlier it's not necessarily about you know wins and losses which as a kid i definitely was the most competitive one out there hands down but as you as you mature and as you get older you learn kind of how to channel that and kind of funnel that to make it beneficial versus versus otherwise but I think you can only take that through wins, through wins and losses and kind of going back to the drawing board and learning from, from those mistakes. So, uh, so yeah, so yep. sports growing up was, was a huge, huge deal for me. Um, that was always, always my focus. Yeah. What about, um, you know, any, any favorite players, uh, in, you oh, know, those yeah. who influenced you kind of, oh, yeah. sh- so, you tried to shake your game around. Being from, being from San Diego, uh, you know, LT, was always was always mm-hmm. like uh yep. you know lt and michael yeah, vick sure. you know michael vick being a being a left-handed mobile quarterback that was always what i wanted to emulate yeah. my game after um but like i said going to high school i knew my my height would not allow for that so quickly transitioned to, to slot receivers so you know looking at guys like wes welker those kind of kind of modeling my game after those guys and you know you know they were the hardest workers in the weight room you know the hardest workers on the field yep. you know just work, working to get open you know that kind of stuff um in terms of baseball, you know, just growing up, really, just really any center fielder. I was I was a big Jim Edmonds guy, you know, when I was when I was a kid. Um, so I like to like to model my game after him, and then you know, of course, just kind of all the you know all the real kind of great outfielders, you know, that yeah. I was all that was defense for whatever reason in baseball was always my favorite thing to do, you know. So just being able to kind of own the field kind of operate the operate the outfield you know even as like a 12 year old you know you're kind of helping the other players shift into different positions stuff like that so um really i mean and those are and those are my role models you know growing up is just really trying to trying to be the best best athlete as i could you know that was really the only thing at that time that was really important to me you know yeah definitely well, speaking of baseball and, and San Diego and, and money for sure, you know, one of the biggest contracts in baseball, what's the, what was the buzz like around San Diego oh, man. When, 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 when Manny signed over there? Oh man, you know, the, the first game of the season, it felt like it was the World Series, you know, it felt like there was people yeah. in the street running around with, you know, San Diego flags and, you know, people are just, it, it's nuts, you know, it's nuts. There's uh, yeah. just the, the fact that San Diego was willing. And I think, I mean, maybe the Chargers leaving had something to do with that. Who knows? But the fact that a San Diego team was willing to invest that much money in a, in a sports uh, team, you know, it's, you know, because being a, from San Diego, you know, it's, I mean, I can understand the hometown fan, you know, but obviously because I am one, but it's such a yeah. place where people travel to or, you know, move to that there's not a real big, like base of like home fans so really being able mm-hmm. to kind of like have 
a player, I mean, even building up from last year with, you know, I mean, Os- obviously we'd like to see Hosmer play better and stuff, but he's definitely playing better this year now that we got some talent around him. But to have those players like Hosmer and Will Myers and Manny Machado, and we got now Tatis coming up and, you know, just hoping, hoping that a lot of our other young guys can, can develop. Um, it's been great. You know, we, we finally feel yeah. like we have like a winning culture. And I think the, the biggest thing for us, I think in signing, not only in paying that amount of money for an all-star, but showing the players that this is a new team, you know, it's, it's, if you look at mm-hmm. our rosters, our opening day rosters in the last five years, this year is a significant <laughs> difference, you know? So, yeah. um, and then again, yeah, this, is sure. only their, this is only their first year. So I think a lot of, a lot of San Diego fans need to remember that we have a lot of these guys for, you know, four or five plus years. So, you know, it's just a, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a growth process of, you know, kind of growing into that, you know, kind of, kind of trying to emulate that, you know, Houston Astros kind of a, kind of approach to building yeah. a team. So, yeah. Yeah, and for they're, sure. And they're, what do they have the best record in the MLB right now? So, <laughs> that's, Oh yeah. That's they're, I mean, they're, they're an amazing team. They're really fun to watch. Luke, I, you know, you obviously know the importance of, of mindset, you know, being an athlete, you know, we're always, you're always having coaches talking about it. You always try to work on that yourself, but you know, a lot of people may not think of it, especially being a younger athlete as, as you're looking into business and, and money and finance as having, a you know, a good mindset and an outlook and perspective on money, on business, et cetera, you know, and, and part of it is, you know, what, you know, what you're brought up around, what, what that conversation's like around your family, around your parents, but also geographically, right? San Diego is not exactly uh, uh, a cheap place to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, when you were in high school and in college, what was the conversation uh, around money like with your, with your family and, and with your friends being in an area like San Diego? Um, You know, growing up, I would say me and you know all my friends we pretty much grew up in a similar kind of demographic similar area you know san diego being that kind of middle class um so it was never about like i don't think any me or any of you know say my say my close friends were ever you know scraping by for money or have had any you know kind of wants or needs right obviously you know we also none of us were spoiled either right so it's you kind of have that appreciation sure. of like you know, money is necessary. Money is what allows things to, you know, move, but not in a way that's like, you can just go, go spending it kind of however you want. So, um, I would say I was kind of at, I was kind of, I was lucky to be brought up in a way where it was like, you know, you, 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 you pay for the things that were absolutely necessary. And then, you know, the, the things that you wanted, or if you say, you know, you wanted to save up for a, a trip, or if you want to save up for something, you know, even like, say like a baseball bat, you know, there's definitely times where I had to save up for that, you know, and stuff like that to where it's, you know, you, you had to work for it. Right. So it's, um, I, I yep. definitely wasn't, wasn't brought up with an allowance or anything like that. You know, there were, there were times where, you know, it's like you wanted, I worked, you know, my mom's a kindergarten teacher. So I would, you know, help her in her classrooms all summer, kind of get, get her stuff okay. ready for the school year. And, um, just kind of doing stuff like that, just kind of trying to figure out ways just to kind of make, you know, kind of odds and ends to kind of allow you to, to allow, allow you to get the things you want. And then of course, you know, it's about saving money. So, you know, you get Christmas, birthday gifts, stuff like that. It's about mm-hmm. being smart with it and not allowing it to just all go at once. Right. It's, you got to have some kind of, kind of left in the bank. So I think that was, that was one thing for me. I mean, I can even remember, you know, growing up doing, you know, lemonade stands and stuff like that. So it's, it was a nice. way of kind of setting up the, the framing of you got to work for what you want, but not in a way where it was like, I, I don't think I was in a situation that it was like, you know, dire. Right. So there's different, yeah, different, different upbringings are going to, are going to allow different mindsets. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. but I would say, I would say my personal experience was really kind of conducive to saving money. Right. So, um, you know, like mm-hmm. we're talking about with the, with the Ryan Steumann event, you know, from a couple of weeks ago, um, really about changing that mentality of money. And, you know, so for me growing up in a place where it's, you know, save, 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 you know, that's definitely my default. And that's definitely something that's great. And it's important for a foundation, but me being a business owner now and kind of learning that, you know, money isn't necessarily like this, like fixed thing that you need to like get and hold on to all the time. You know, you just need to know how to put it to use and make it work for you. Right. So you need to give that. So 
yeah. I mean, I think this was something I learned from AJ Roberts, which was, you know, money is energy, right? So money allows you to do things and whatever you put money into gives it energy. It can give it life if it's, you know, done in a smart way. So, um, and that's something I'm, you know, I'm getting into more now in terms of not only investing in my business, right? So paying the money to join the, the million dollar mastermind or to fly out to Dallas, you know, for a couple of days and, you know, pay for a hotel and all the Ubers and all that stuff. Cause that in the long run, it's, you know, it's, it's long-term money that I know those lessons I'm going to learn, I will make, you know, 10, 20, 30, a hundred times what I invested. So, um, yes, but it's, it's about being smart and it's about not just spending it how it's convenient, but spending it in a way that's going to really be conducive to your long-term, not only savings, but long-term development mm-hmm. as a person, or if you're, you know, if you run a business. So, um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's always an ongoing process. It's something I'm always learning about, but I'm always, I'm also someone who's, who wants to learn about something and I'll just go, I'll go buy a book. Right. So I'll, like, I'm not someone who's just gonna be like, Oh, it'd be nice to learn how to invest. Right. Like I'm going to go buy mm-hmm. the book or I'm going to, you know, do all the research I can. Right. So, um, which I think is valuable. Yeah, and I that, think, I think learning mm-hmm. about that in your upbringing, you know, having, having parents who are about education, you know, is, is a big thing too. So, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you said your mom was a teacher. What it, what about your dad? My dad, so growing up, my dad was, uh, he was a general manager at the Coronado Marriott in San Diego. So, so he was doing, uh, human resources. Nice. so then, so he was working in hotels for a little while and then, you know, so doing HR stuff and then, um, got out of that. And then he was doing like, um, kind of like corporate, corporate management, corporate training. So now, now he has his own business where he's doing, he, he holds, he holds training for, you know, for managers and, um, corporate, really anyone in the corporate world on how to say, you know, work better as a team or stuff like that. So say a company will hire him, he'll come in and he'll hold like a one day workshop, you know, on how to, on how to perform better. So I think that's definitely, you know, something that I look, you know, I look at nowadays and I'm like, wow, you know, it totally makes sense, you know, because both my parents are in the education field and that's what I do as a personal trainer. I'm not just someone, you know, I'm not some 24 hour fitness personal trainer, not that there's anything wrong with 24 hour fitness, but you know, those, those kind of weekend kind of workshop trainers where it's like, you show up, you get a workout in and then you're out, you know, there's no, there's no connection. There's no, there's no long-term plan. There's, and there's, but most importantly, Mm -hmm. there's no education. So, I mean, anybody that comes to my sessions, you know, they're going to get, you know, regardless of what their goal is, they're going to leave that session with more information and education about their body than when they came in. So, um, yeah. Cause, cause that's what people need. They, regardless of, you know, some, I have some clients where it's like, they're just like, I want to lose five pounds. Like, I don't care how it happens. And it's like, yes, that's important. We got to make sure that you reach your goals, but we got to know how that you can also maintain. And if you wanted to change your goals, how do you progress or how do you, you know, pivot and move from there? So there's an education process that goes just like with money, how there is to take care of the body and just like, you know, how there isn't anything else in life. So. I think having parents that instilled that in me early kind of really allowed me to set the foundation for everything else that I'm doing, you know, uh, today. Absolutely. And it's not just, you know, you being a trainer, you're a coach, right? And and having, being an athlete, you know, you know how important coaches are. It's like, could you ever have learned baseball or football or any sport that, you know, anybody listening plays without a coach, right? It's like, it's, you know, you, you go to any school, any any team, there's always a coach there. And especially, you know, business is, you know, is, is the, is the boardroom sport, right? It's, it's a, it's a sport in its own, in its own right. And, and if you're playing a sport, you know, you're playing a game like money, um, you know, you got to have some coaching behind that. And, you know, it doesn't really matter where you're going. You're going to need that training. You're going to need that guidance, which is, you know, one of the, one of the reasons I, really wanted to start this podcast to, you know, to kind of get that into their head and not, mm-hmm. not get kids thinking about, you know, I just need to get a job and go figure this out on my own kind of thing. It's like, no, this is, this is real life stuff. And there's, re- there's people who have been in your shoes that want to help you and are willing yeah. to help you. And you just gotta, you know, nothing really change. You know, you hear, you hear coaches talk about, you know, you're going to learn life lessons from, from this sport and take everything yeah. you're doing into in from this into your life and into your you know in into your professional career when you get done with school and everything and it just sounds kind of cliche and, and and athletes you know I kind of didn't really think about it back then I probably heard some of that 
those same kind of messages. But, you know, looking back on it, I don't really remember them because none of it really resonated. I was too focused on, you know, just hitting coaches or practicing, you know, training on my own or with, with the team, like whatever it was, it wasn't as, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I, I, I hear those kind of messages, but it wasn't something that, you know, really sparked me to want to go hire a business coach or something back then, but, you know, mm-hmm. different story for uh, a different day. What you, you mentioned that you did some, you know, some assistant work for your mom. What other kinds of jobs did you have in, in high school and in college to help uh, make some money? So, yeah, so high school was mainly just kind of a lot of that, kind of like odds, you know, odds and ends, stuff like that, really just to, to save, make money and kind of save money as much as I could while I was still, because I was definitely, you know, very much more focused on my training than I would say the average high schooler was, you know, I was, and this is just myself personally, but I just want. All right, so I had a little technical difficulties there, but now we're back. So, Luke. What kind of you you mentioned you're helping out your mom um, as an assistant type? What kind of what what other kinds of jobs did you have when you were in high school and in college to make some extra money? Yeah, so uh, so high school is really just kind of focused on you know really training, doing some do some you know kind of odds and ends jobs in the summer, you know kind of helping out the parents and stuff. And then we also had some you know some family friends that would uh, kind of kind of provide us you know some money if we you know help them out you know at the house and kind of stuff like that. So I think some pretty typical for a lot of a lot of high schoolers just doing stuff you know mm-hmm. yard work that, that kind of stuff and then um as soon as I finished my high school football season like I, I mean I knew I knew I wasn't going to play any other sports in high school and not that it say I needed the money per se I didn't really like have much to really spend money on at the time but uh-huh. um I got went right into my strength coach you know and I asked for asked for an internship you know with him and um he was stoked so uh, so at, at the high school I went to is called San Augustine high school in San Diego. It's all okay. guys, private high school. It's, um, it's a very, I would, I wouldn't call it a, a basic high school, right? Because it's, it's all guys. So it's very sports focused. It's very, it's a mm-hmm. high school, it's a college, college prep school. So it's definitely yep. not, you know, um, it's definitely not lax or, you know, easy going by any means. It's, it's a fun it was a fun place to go, and I'm very happy that I went there. But it's definitely a place that put, puts a lot of emphasis and focus into, you know, doing stuff the right way. You know, our high school football team was run like a college program. Our strength yeah. program is we run, you know, we run college or sorry, we run a kind of high school strength program every summer. So it's called Saint Speed and Strength. I still go back and I'll and I help out every summer doing. Uh, I work awesome. there as an assistant strength coach. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, so it was. It was just very, it was the, it was the next logical step for me because I knew I always, you know, since probably I was 12, I gravitated more to the training for the actual sport than I did the sport. Um, and that just grew with high school as I went, as I got older, I fell more and more in love with the training, you know, strength training, conditioning, all that kind of stuff. So, um, literally like the next week, like that Monday, I went up to him, you know, asked him for an internship. And then, so from there I was doing, um, did Tuesday, Thursdays, um, 6.30 or no, 6 a.m. to 7.30. Um, we did baseball and volleyball players. And then um, the afternoons on Wednesdays and Fridays was uh, football. I think golf came in, some swimmers. So we had kind of more variety in the afternoon. So I was doing, you know, four days a week um, with that all through my second semester of high school. Um, and then that next summer, um, I just, I just remember taking the summer off. That was the first real summer that I had in my entire life of no sports, no work, really nothing. I just graduated high school, was kind of getting ready for college. So I took that summer off. And then, um, as soon as, as soon as my freshman year of college started, cause I was staying, I stayed local. I was able to continue to help kind of both, both with my mom every now and then, you know, for some extra money there, that was kind of more just kind of weekend kind of spending money and sure, then, sure. um, help. Helped in, the, helped in the conditioning program, you know, throughout the year, just whenever I could. And then um, since then, I've done I've done Saint Speed and Strength summer strength camp every summer since then. So I'm coming up on uh, I don't even know how many, probably six or seven so far now. So, um, but that's a, that's a big it's a big uh, program we run. So that's you know really you don't have to be just from that high school. We have kids from other high schools. We have kids that are in San Diego for the summer. You know that will come do the workouts. Um, and it's really focused. We have different, different sessions for different age groups and 
Um, it's an all day thing. So that was really my kind of intro and my kind of, um, stepping stone into strength conditioning and learning that and I learned, you know, a ton from him. And like I said, he's, he's still a, a big mentor of mine and still someone mm-hmm. I, I try to connect with as much as I can. And then, um, from there, um, was doing, uh, was doing actually was throughout college. I was doing like different internships. So I was doing, I did one at, at San Diego state. It was called the adaptive fitness clinic. So, um, you're working with people from all different varieties of, um, movement impairment syndrome. So you have, you know, cerebral palsy, you know, and then you have some, I had a client who was a double stroke survivor. Um, oh, wow. I had a client who was, he was a stroke survivor and, but he was probably 200 pounds overweight. So you kind of got mm-hmm. everything, you know, under the sun in terms of who you worked with. So that was yeah. a great one for me because, because that took me from the team setting into the single mm-hmm. person training one-on-one. So you really learn how to talk to people yes. or, how to train people without talking to them because, you know, I had some people that yep. couldn't talk, you know, so, um, doing that. And then from there, so it was that summer that I was doing that, um, which was when I was contacted by the mom of a player. So this is the weird, crazy connections. Though. This is where it all comes together. So uh-huh. I was connected by, or I was contacted by the mom of a player that I used to coach at saints at the saints, uh, strength and speed, speed and strength program, you know, so I coached him, in mm-hmm. his in season and in the summer. Um, and then he was one kind of like me who would come out, you know, after the come back after the session was over and, you know, work on technique, you know, or, you know, try to figure out a way to, you know, increase his squat technique or, you know, anything like that. Right. So, um, he, exactly. So he would come back for some extra attention. And so she would notice that. And, um, and then actually my mom taught the same kid in kindergarten. So there was that kind of built in trust. So, um, she contacted me and then with just a, just a text saying, how would you like the opportunity to work with world renowned fitness professionals? So I get mm. this message. And I'm like, uh, yeah, obviously, you know, <laughs> kind of like, shit, this is kind of just falls into your lot. Right. And it was, but it, was that, it was that connection. <laughs> exactly. Right. But it was just that connection of people, you know, that I met along the way. And then, so I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. you know, who are they? So she sends me, she says, J- uh, Jenny Swickla, that's her name was Swickla at the time. And then she got uh-huh. and AJ Roberts. So, Mm-hmm. Um, which for, for me, not being really in the quote unquote fitness industry, I didn't really know much about that. I was in strength conditioning. Sure. So, um, sure. so looking up, you know, AJ Roberts and seeing this guy doing a 1200 pound squat with blood coming yeah. out of his nose, you know, setting the world <laughs> record. I'm just like, Oh shit. You know? And then you see that Jenny's, she was, uh, she got sixth place in the world's strongest woman, you know? So she's, yeah. you know, no, uh, no slouch herself. So, you know, Exactly. So that, and so this mom that hit me up was a, um, a client of theirs at the time. So she, she connected me saying that she, that Jenny was looking for an assistant and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, I was kind of had my options open at the time. I was finishing up college and I knew I wanted to do personal uh-huh. training. I kind of gotten out of the strength conditioning. I wasn't, re- I, cause originally going into San Diego state, I wanted to do strength conditioning. So I wanted to work with football players sure. mainly, or just really any sport. But the more that I was, you know, in college and the more that, you know, I learned about myself and my skill set and where kind of my skills and, 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 you know, knowledge and expertise can really shine through is more of the, the single kind of small group setting or working with athletes in a more one-on-one capacity. So, um, so, but so going into that was just the perfect time to meet Jenny and AJ because they were running an online business. So they were doing online nutrition, which I have. You know, obviously you take nutrition courses in college, but I had never had any experience with one, an online business and two, working with nutrition clients online. So, um, uh-huh. so I met with, met with Jenny, you know, um, and or actually no, I emailed Jenny. Um, this is a good, this is a good lesson for all you, all you young bucks out there. So email Jenny, um, cause I got the email from, from this parent and she told me to reach out to her and all this stuff. So I email her and, you know, a day or two goes by, you know, and then it's, really nothing and then another day and then yeah. nothing so it goes yeah. like, it goes a week and then it, i realize okay well you know maybe she doesn't need somebody right so sure. I, I hit up hit up this mom again and i'm just like hey like she didn't reach out like whatever she's like oh she's on vacation send her another email she may just need a reminder so email her again and then so like two days later i get the response like hey sorry you know been traveling all this stuff like perfect you know come in i think it was like two days later so i went in and then went in for the interview and we just just talked and just kind of just kind of just got to know each other and she kind of saw where I was at and where I was coming from. And I kind of, she kind of me kind of intro into how she did business and stuff like that. So 
she ultimately brought me in to do um, kind of some social media stuff just because that was somewhere where the business, you know, could grow a little bit. And then um, she brought me in to to do the strength conditioning programming for some of her online clients. So that gave me the kind of push to do online training programming, which, you know, and this is three, four years ago, maybe even longer. And, you know, the online, you know, with John Goodman online training Academy Uh that hadn't even been set up yet. And so I had no idea online training was a thing at that point either. So, um, it just, and that just grew organically. So I was doing, you know, doing programming for her under her business and, um, was, you know, doing social media and was helping with her clients, you know, doing client outreach and just doing all this different stuff and really just learning the ins and outs of the business. You know, I got to sit yes. in, you know, we, we, we shared an office. So I was able to listen in on all of her phone calls and not only her sales calls, but her check-in calls and how she coached and how she, um, and then again, back to, you know, back to money, this was my first intro into running a business and I saw how she, you know, Uh saved money and recognized the importance of it, but she wasn't attached to it. So she was willing to spend it in places that were necessary to grow the business and was, I wouldn't call her overly frugal, but I also wouldn't say that she was careless with her money at all because she was one that I think she moved out of her house before she even graduated high school. So she was working her own jobs all throughout high school and college to be able to support herself. So that kind of independence rubbed off on me to the point where it was like, okay, I need to, you know, start taking ownership of myself and my business because that's, there's nobody else that's going to do it for you ultimately. So, um, Definitely. it was really, really good opportunity to kind of work with her and, um, see that. And then, so I worked with her for about a year and a half. Um, uh, no, probably two years, I would say, and two and a half years. And yeah. then, um, then they were, you know, they, we, we had a meeting and they were like, Hey, we're going to move to Vegas, you know? And, um, originally like we had, you know, talked about potentially, you know, you know, still working together out in Vegas in terms of like uh-huh. opening up a gym or something like that. But that, you know, how, you know, kind of just throw ideas around. And then we kind of got sure. to the point where it was, I'm going to stay in San Diego. I'm going to open my own business, which ended up being Nolan performance, which I'm doing now. And then they were going to do their business out there, which they did. And, so we were able to kind of work together. So then I kind of progressed from, you know, an employee to kind of more of that kind of um, independent contractor kind of role doing the training programming for the specific clients that needed it. And then I was still helping them with social media and stuff. And then, you know, they would help kind of funnel, funnel training clients my way and stuff like that. So um, it was a good progression, you know, and working with them and being able to obviously be, be mentored by, you know, two people that have been there and done that is, is huge, you know? So it's definitely, I mean, I can, I can attribute a lot of my uh, my growth and my progress not only as a fitness professional but as a business owner, you know, to them because mm-hmm. that was really mm-hmm. my first way. Because you know, being going into strength conditioning, my mindset was always, you know, I'll make you know fifty thousand, you know, maybe a hundred thousand, you know, at the top level of strength conditioning. I mean, obviously now mm-hmm. guys guys right. are making you know guys are making crazy amounts, but that's you know the point zero one percent, right? So. <laughs> I never the really had exactly, like exactly. That. Scott Cochran, he's a he's a legend, you know. It's like I don't I don't blame yep. him. Alabama has the money, right? So, but also keeping in mind that it's like if that's what you want to do, and you know, I didn't really. The more I got into college, the less I wanted to be a college strength coach because you, you know, you learn yes. the ins and outs of the industry and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. Not that anything's wrong with it. I love training for sports, but um, I was it was my first real intro to say like, wow, I can actually make money in the fitness industry doing the stuff that I want to do. So, um, and that's kind of what, that's kind of what pushed me to grow. Now I've, you know, I'm, I'm doing kind of a hybrid where I do personal training because the one-on-one small group is still like my passion. That's what I love to do. Um, Uh but recognizing the importance of having an online presence and I have online training clients, I have online nutrition clients. So to kind of use that to kind of supplement the income because, you know, there is a, there is a cap, there's a ceiling unless you continually keep charging more and more, but there's a ceiling to personal training, you know, unless sure. until you hit the, I mean, I met guys and I met a guy uh, at a conference, he's from Australia and he, he had guys that would, you know, they were like CEO type guys that would pay him 30 grand up front at the beginning of the year. And then he, they would just get all inclusive service. So, I mean, I guess yeah. there is, you know, there's creative ways you can go about it, but I right. found that having personal training, cause that's what I love. And then having the online has been a great kind of model for me to follow, but that wouldn't have been possible if I didn't meet people that were already doing that, you know? So it was really good for me to kind of keep learning that, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really powerful stuff because it's, 
you know, that's a, a easily a, a deep dive topic for uh, another time, but just, you know, how the, the, the getting paid for your time, you know, working by the hour and trading time for money, uh, you know, as no matter how much money you're making an hour, whether it's $10 an hour, a hundred dollars an hour, a thousand dollars an hour, you know, you're limited by the amount of hours you can work in a day. And we all know we can't work 24 hours a day. So to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, get creative, whether you're getting paid on a monthly basis, you know, on a retainer type stuff. Um, it was, you know, there, there's lots of ways to go into that. Um, mm-hmm. Somewhat backtracking here, you know, cause when, when I'm, that was a, so that was the second time we met was in Vegas for um, Jenny was hosting the, the mm-hmm. um, sports nutritionist program. And, and you were helping out with that and was, you know, one of the cool things aside from that course was getting to listen in on Jenny's talk on business, but having AJ come in and talk about it and, you know, just hearing little insider tips from like they, how they, the house they have now is a write off. And I don't know if it's still the house they have in Vegas, but when, when I was there, you know, about mm-hmm. three, three years ago, they, they were able to write their house off because they were hosting masterminds and conferences like this at their house. Yeah. So, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're making money by having people come there, train them and learn from them, but they're also able to write off, you know, this super nice house, you know, in a, in an affluent area of Vegas to, you know, not have to, to pay for that. So there's just so many little things like that, that you would never think about until you get a mentor like that in your life mm-hmm. to, you know, teach you those kinds of things and to learn from them. Um, yeah. So you kind of you kind of answered it for me. I was going to ask you on you know how did how did you initially get hooked up with them to to kind of find that mentor in your life? It sounds like you mm-hmm. know obviously you know just doing that work you know and 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 it's not like it doesn't sound like the mom that introduced you to them in the first place. You're just going up to all the parents saying, "Hey, you know who can you hook me up with? Who do you know?" Da da da. It's like you were just out there doing your thing, providing value to this kid. And any of these others around and they just saw that and resonated with it. Right. And then mm-hmm. from there, you know, they just, they just wanted to help you out. Right. Is that kind of the sense I'm getting? Yeah. No, ultimately, ultimately, yeah. Which, Cause you know, it's, it's when you want to help people, right. They want to help you back. There's that law of reciprocity, you know, that's, that mm-hmm. goes, you know, I mean, throughout life, whether it's business, whatever you help somebody out, you know, they're going to want to find ways just naturally, even if it's subconscious to help you out. So, um, but then it also kind of goes back. I think about that uh, the old saying. I don't know who it's from, but you know, when they say like when the when the student is ready, you know, the the teacher will appear, right, or the master will appear, right. And it's um, yes. that's what I, that's what I try to tell people. Like, I mean, there's a couple like young young trainers I know from my high school that are getting into it, and um, and not even just not even trainers. I mean, I just I think people in general, um, it's it's a matter of being ready, right. So like there is there is that aspect of creating opportunity you know there's like like you said you could you could be the guy that goes around and you know i could have walked around with my business card and been like hey you know anyone wants to train you know outside of this we can do a thing and you know but i was more about pushing myself in the direction where i thought would be most conducive to my end goal and then leaving myself open to opportunities that presented themselves so if they came i was ready for it so you know i I talk about it you know in, in terms of like my career path it's, it was never something that I was, that I planned necessarily, but it's nothing right. that I would ever, ch- that I would ever change. I wouldn't change where I'm at for anything because it's like when I first started, like, I mean, when probably my sophomore, junior year in high school, when I was thinking about training as a career, my goal was Exos. So I wanted to be an Exos performance uh-huh. coach. You know, I wanted to help athletes, especially football players train for the combine. And like, that yep. was like my I love, I mean, I still watch the combine every year. I love, you know, when ESPN does all access and they, you know, that like sucked me in and like the training, the performance center. And like, so that was like my end goal. And like, um, but then I remember college, like doing, you know, for, cause you do an internship at San Diego state. And I remember applying for that. And I don't know, I don't know. I like, I think my, like my application, like something went happened where my application was never even sent in. So like, I was never even, I never even applied for the internship that I wanted to do just like through miscommunication through San Diego state's kind of processes. So, uh-huh. but that, what I, but what I did from there, because that didn't end up working out, 
that allowed me to shift more of my focus and attention to Valkyrie, which I got, I was able to use Valkyrie as my internship. So I was able to do an online business, not only in my free time, like my, you know, I was doing that as my job, but it was also was getting it for credits. So my like, um, senior like project all these things are still things that i use today because it was about filming videos and creating content and then create i created a a 12-week training program that i still use and i still have people that sign up for you know on a monthly basis so um it was all stuff like i like i said before it was like it was never anything that i really like mapped out like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this but it all worked out because it was it had my like intuition driving it you know um, and that yeah. was like a big thing. It's like following, you know, your gut and not really worrying about like what other people like say or think. And, you know, there were times where, you know, I had friends, it was, it was the summer, you know, and they're like, why are you getting up at 7am to go, you know, go work out, you know, when you could be sleeping in and partying the night before and stuff like that. And it was just cause I knew right. that's not, that wasn't me, you know, and I could tell when those days where you do the, do whatever and you feel great. And then the days you feel like shit and i want to have more days where i feel great so that's doing the stuff that i love doing and that's and that's training that's eating well that's helping other people train so that kind of was a natural progression in my business so yeah yeah that's awesome and 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 it reminds me of 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 stewman you know ryan stewman at the event a couple weeks ago talking and i'm sure you remember him the force moves versus power moves and Mm -hmm. and it sounds like you know you were just so focused on the power moves that you didn't even really you know I mean, you didn't even probably have that concept in your head. You're like, oh, I'm just going to make power moves all day. But the difference is, you know, like hunting versus farming, right? Going out and and killing the deer to put the meat on the table for you, you know, going Mm -hmm. out and and rustling up the berries and finding all this stuff, you know, going out and actively, you know, like you said, trying to hand out the business cards or go actively trying to find a mentor when – you know, that teacher isn't ready for you because you're, you know, you're focused on yourself and doing these, going out mm-hmm. and doing these things versus the farmer, you know, who's planting the seeds, growing his own, yeah, his own, his own produce, growing his own food and, and the power moves of, of just growing yourself as, as the athlete, growing yourself as the coach and the trainer and, and just focusing on the work at hand to, to find, you know, to let those people find you versus, you know, going out to find them. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely an important lesson for kids to learn, but I w- want to chat briefly, like what would be your one advice, one tip advice on, you know, cause we both know how important mentors are, um, finding a coach, somebody to help you along this way to, to reaching out to somebody who's like, Hey, you, you know, whether you've got somebody in mind that you want as, as a mentor in your area, cause that's definitely one thing I recommend first is, you know, in, in today's day and age, it's so easy to find anybody on the internet that you can start watching mm-hmm. their videos and, and different things like that, which is good. But we, we start to lose connection with, you know, how real it is to get hands-on physical, to be able to get face-to-face with somebody, sort of find somebody in your neck of the woods. You know, what's 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 one or two quick strategies, tips you'd have for somebody to find themselves a an AJ Roberts or a Jenny or somebody in their area to, to help guide them and mentor them? Um, so I would say, uh, I mean, ultimately it's, you want to, you want to get crystal clear on, you know, what your, what your passion is, right? So it's trying to figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, who's, who's going to be the best person to kind of bridge the gap, you know, for you and for where you're at, you know, in your business right now. So, or even just in your life, right? So for for me right now, you know, I have, you know, mentors and coaches and stuff like that, but there's that kind of next level where it's like, you know, I'm already thinking about, who, you know, when I get to say a certain income, you know, who could I, who could I afford to pay for this coach, you know, for, or even just like from, let's say a mentorship perspective, it's like, who would be a good person for you to kind of bridge the gap in what you're trying to do. So when I was working with Jenny, like that was the perfect opportunity for me to get into the online space, you know, get into somewhere that was outside of the, of the strength conditioning world and more into the fitness industry, which, which was where I was looking to go. Um, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to kind of have that be, you know, a sequence of relationships that I had built. So, and that's certainly a way to go about it, right? So you just want to try to meet as many people as you possibly can to kind of see, okay, who's doing what that can help me get to where I want to go. 
But more than just that, you want to be able to provide value to them, right? So I think in a world where everyone's trying to like, you know, be everything for everyone, I think, you know, if you can say, you know, reach out to someone, whether it's in person or online and just saying, you know, um, you know, I really like that you do this, this, this kind of show gratitude, show appreciation for how much they've kind of helped Uh you already. Right. And then kind of use that as your kind of stepping stone in to say, you know, I'm willing to say, you know, if it, if it's like in a business perspective, it's, you know, work from work for them, learn from them, you know, kind of take care of whatever they need to take care of. Um, but if it's from like, say like a, for sports, a kind of like a, a sports performance perspective, um, I think really getting in, really getting in and showing the person or the coach or the athlete, you know, how invested and how bought in you are. Right. So the last thing anyone wants to do is, you know, invest time and energy and effort into someone to have them, you know, never be seen again. Right. Or have them act like they already know. Right. So going in with that mindset of like always being a student, right. Always like taking that amateur mindset, regardless of what level you're at, say like, I can learn from you. Right. And everyone, I mean, Mm -hmm. most people, you know, love to love to help people love to teach, you know, love to do that kind of stuff. So, um, I think if you kind of show, you know, how grateful you are for them already and then kind of use that to set up, you know, like, Hey, you know, I would love to help you in any way possible, you know, and through that kind of process, you grow as a person, you grow as a coach, you grow as an athlete, whatever it is. So, um, but I think it's all about kind of taking that first step to really set up, um, the intention of, you know, you're doing it to help them number one, and then you're going to learn however you can in the process. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I want to say it was Zig Ziglar. Um, I can't remember who, but I, I'm, I'm like 95% sure. Uh, one, one of the quotes he had was, if you help enough people get what they want, you know, eventually you're going to get what you want kind of thing. Exactly. And it, it, it just goes to, to what you're talking about of, you know, just being, you know, when you're, when you're talking to a mentor or, or somebody, whether it's, you know, it can be a, a company, right. Can be a mentor, like somebody that's in your niche mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, a business t- type that you want to be in or something you want to pursue is just being honest with them and saying, Hey, these are my strengths right now. These are my weaknesses. This is what I want to learn. This is what I want to be better at, which is what I think yeah. you can help with. Right. And not leading, like you said, leading with value for them and how, how you can help them, you know, mm-hmm. do a little research on them and find out what they're like, what they're interested in. Um, maybe something you see in, in their business, even if you're not, you know, super, business savvy, you know, anything like that, because, you know, you don't want to start just saying, Hey, this is what's wrong with your business. Da, 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 and I can yeah. help do this. And then you don't know how to do it. But at the same time, you know, playing with the strengths that you have and, and being upfront is like, Hey, you know, I, I, I have this summer, I'm still playing ball this summer, but I have, you know, five hours, four hours, however much, however much time every single day and yeah. being upfront with them and be like, I love what you're doing. You know, I want to be involved and and what can i do to help serve you and your mission what time what you know because there's pretty much i feel like three things that every person really but every business owner wants it's either to make more money to save more money or to make something easier and more efficient in their business Mm -hmm. and if you can you know come with that approach of what can i do to make you more money how can i save you more money but probably not going to be those two when you're younger, most likely the third one, which is what can I do to make your life easier? What workload can I take off you? You know, who can I introduce you to? Maybe my parents know somebody or my family Mm -hmm. knows somebody, right? Different things like that. So um, just, just different strategies, thinking outside the box and thinking about them. And when they see, when they know you're coming to them with that, with Mm -hmm. that kind of level and intent versus, Hey, I'm trying to get a job this summer. You know, what, what's your, what's your minimum wage? Yeah. Right there. They're, one, that's probably going to want to make them pay you more, even if you haven't done shit for them yet. Right. But they, you know, they see that you're willing to, to put that work in up front. So that's just, I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta have, I feel like if you, if you get that mentor early on in life, like you did here, I mean, when, when you're still in college and finishing up to, you know, you may not be at this point with, with your business in your life right now to, to be able to run your own show, you know? So I feel mm-hmm. it's just for somebody listening to this, get in on, on trying to find somebody now locally first, you know, if you got somebody in a region close by, you know, searching up on YouTube, Facebook, any social media mm-hmm. to find them, whatever it is, but to just 
kind of honing in and, and finding them now and learning from them and providing as much value, value to them as you possibly can. I think, I think one thing too is, you know, coming to them with a foundation of, you know, education, right? So, you know, you wouldn't want to go, you know, say you had a, this is just a, just an example, but say you had, you know, your quote unquote wannabe mentor was holding a, was holding a Facebook live, you know, and he was doing some, some like Q and a, right. And it's like, this is something I see a lot, you know, both in the yes. fitness industry, both, I mean, but I mean, Instagram, Facebook, really anything, but it's, you know, people, they come with these questions and they ask questions and it's like, you know, if you were reading this person's blog or if you had listened to this person's podcast or if you had done these things that were pretty basic entry level stuff, you would know those answers, right? So um, I think someone like – so not saying I'm like, you know, on any any significant level by any means. But, you know, if, if I had someone, you know, hit me up and was like, hey, you know, I had a question about this exercise, right? And if it's something that was very – kind of entry level, I would say, you know, go to my Instagram, right? Or like go to my mm-hmm. go to my content that I've created for that specific purpose. So, you know, I definitely right. would Being from, from my perspective, I wouldn't I would never want to reach out to say a business coach and be asking questions where he knows and I know that we're not, I'm not on the right level. Right. So you want to make sure that you have a foundation of education behind you. I mean it's the same thing for same thing for baseball, right? Like you wouldn't, you know, like if I'm gonna go say hire hire a hitting coach, right? Like I'm going to do the research, you know, I'm going to talk to other players that have worked with him. I'm going to do, I'm going to do my due diligence to make sure that he's the right fit for me. So I think a lot of people would just kind of jump from person to person saying, Oh, this is going to be a good coach or this would be a good coach, but they've never done like the behind the scenes work to say, is this the best investment of my time? Right. So um, I think setting yourself up in that way as well is good because I think many, many people just kind of, Say, oh, this is this would be a good person for me, but they don't really know where their where their their missing links are, or where this coach is you mm-hmm. know, is more advanced or the a good fit for that particular reason, right? So, you know, like hiring a personal trainer, right? You wouldn't hire like an, an entry level tr- uh, fitness person would not hire a bodybuilding coach, right? It's just that it doesn't match, yeah. right? A, a powerlifting coach would not coach a CrossFit athlete, you know, any, anything like that. So. It's finding someone that meets your needs and your weaknesses and kind of fills your gaps um, is huge. But then, you know, from from a tactical perspective, I think I kind of like we like we're going back to it's, you know, not only, you know, saying, OK, I can help provide value, you know, to you. But it's also saying, you know, so, you know, kind of back to the example where it's like, you know, hey, like I've noticed, you know, your Instagram and Facebook are great, but, you know, your YouTube page could be better. Right. So it's like, you know, kind of taking that initiative of saying like. Mm-hmm. These are places where I can help based on my strengths. Um, I th- I'd say that's the best way to go. Best way to go about it, at least initially, and then from there, you know, as you grow into the role of whatever you're doing, it's just a matter of continuing to take initiative, continuing to show that you're showing interest and progressing, right? Because it's if if you're in the same place that you were a year ago, you know, you're doing something wrong. So um, yeah, that, that's a big thing too, right? So yeah, hundred percent. Hey, well, look, as we're finishing this up, Luke, I am. You know, obviously the first call, I'm not going to have my, my podcast rhythm down a hundred percent. You know, I hear how different <laughs> no people close their, yeah, close their podcasts off with, you know, lightning rounds or different questions. But one of the, the biggest things for me when I was starting this was, you know, there's going to be a lot of mindset talk, motivation, different things like that. But mm-hmm. every episode I wanted to have tactical and, and strategic information that these kids can use and implement right away. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, and we, and we just dropped some knowledge right there for him, drop some value for the, how to, you know, how to find a mentor and different things to look for with that and how, and the importance of having one. So they can definitely take that piece. What is, before we got on the call, you, you started talking, you know, you said you were really good with saving and, and you, and you kind of touched on that a couple of different times. Mm-hmm. What is, you know, some, some tactical tips on savings that these kids can start now or any, any tools, mm-hmm. any, uh, you know, technology that can help them with that? Yeah, no, um, that's huge. That's huge. And like I was saying earlier in the call, it's, you know, it's something that I think was kind of ingrained in me early on was, you know, the importance of saving money, but also, um, the importance of putting money to work for you. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my first piece of advice I'd give to, I mean, not only people about money, but about anything would just be t- just to read, right. Read as much as you can, 
whether it's educating yourself. I mean, obviously stuff online can be, you know, here or there, but you know, books, I mean, nothing, nothing beats, you know, a physical book. So if you're talking about savings, um, richest man in Babylon, you know, is going to be a good one. Um, just kind of, you know, just really focusing on that saving 10% of your income before you spend Uh it. Right. So most people get their money, they pay, they pay everything, they buy the stuff they want, and then they save whatever's left. Um, but if you, you know, do the reverse, you save the ten percent first. You put that ten percent away, and then right away, obviously right pay away. your bills, everything like that. And then you have money for what's left after that. You're less likely to even know that it's missing because more often than not, you're spending money on stuff that you don't need anyway. Um, so mm-hmm. then that, and then of course that goes into budgeting, that kind of, that kind of stuff. Um, another book that I recommend that I read probably two years ago is called Unshakable. That's a Tony Robbins yep. one, and that's really just kind of that's getting into learning how to invest on your own um, versus going through, you know, uh, a company to kind of, to kind of do the IRA for you, because that's just, um, there's a lot of, a lot of valuable lessons in there, not only just being aware of, you know, where your money's going and stuff like that, but also mm-hmm. um, he recommends trying to save up to 20%, which is obviously yeah. very valuable, but then also, um, you know, how much um, interest rates and that kind of stuff with, you know, save with investing can kind of, it kind of, of, of affect you in the long term um, is, you know, super important to just to kind of know and just to learn how to take ownership of your money and to kind of know where it's going. But then um, and then it's something I would recommend for definitely for the high school, college um, kid, which um, I did it as soon as I could. I, I wish they would have you know been available earlier, but the app called Stash. So I think there's a few yes. there's a few out there. Stash. I think there's one called Acorn. Acorn is another good one. Um, you know, and there's a few other. You know, so I use Stash, so I have, you know, a set amount of money that comes out, which is about 10% of my monthly income. Um, so that I have about 10% from from Stash, and then I have another 10% that just comes directly out of my um, checking account that just goes right mm-hmm. to right to um, an investment account that I have with Vanguard. So you know, Vanguard yes. allows you to easily set up your own brokerage account. You know, you can set up an IRA in there. You can do all that kind of stuff and kind of do it on your own. So you know, it, it takes more time, investing more research and, you know, studying on your own. But like I said earlier in the call, it's, you know, I'm someone who's, I just want to get the book and try to learn as much as I can. So I don't have to rely on other people as much. Um, so yeah, so I would say, I would say stash is a good one because you can, it kind of helps you kind of start thinking like an investor too, because you're investing in specific stocks that you can, you know, watch, you know, go up or go down. But it's really ultimately with that, it's, you know, you're not trying to make money, quote unquote, on the stock market. You're, you're 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 investing and you're holding for as long as I mean, ideally the rest of your life. I mean, I don't plan to use stash the rest of my life. Obviously, at some point I'll transfer it over somewhere else. But the intention right. of saving ten percent or twenty percent every month before you even notice it's gone. Once you build that habit, yes. that's something that's going to serve you, you know, forever. So being my own business, I saw that you know being something that I had to take you know, control of, but I mean, you don't even, I mean, being your own, you are, if you're a person, if you're breathing, you, you are a business, right? You're, you're selling yourself, whether it's to, you know, build relationships or get a job or compete, you know, for the starting, you know, pitching spot, right? It's like, you're constantly selling yourself, whether it's, you know, you're building your body, mm-hmm. whether you're building your mind, you're building a business and it's a matter of, you know, having the funds to support that. So, you know, so having you know, setting, so say, you know, you, I mean, you know, in high school, I don't know how much, you know, a typical high schooler makes in a month, but say you make 500, right? Like, I mean, if you're putting away, you know, what, 20% of that, you know, $100 every month, you know, and then as your income grows, you just kind of can keep adding to that monthly investment, you know, by the time you're, you know, in your fifties and sixties, you're going to, you're going to be happy you did. And that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a parallel I use both for, with my training clients too, right? It's, I mean, just like, you know, doing daily five minutes, 10 minutes of mobility right? It's like throwing $5 in the bank, right? You're not going to notice it mm-hmm. from day to day, but when you're, you know, 60, 70 years old, you're going to, you're going to be happy. you got, you know, millions of dollars in the bank. So, um, it's a great, great parallel, Absolutely. parallel to life. Yeah. Yeah. Those are huge. And Tony Robbins is definitely a great, great guy. If, if none of y'all have heard of Tony Robbins, um, first of all, slap yourselves. And second of all, Google him right away and get on every book uh, and video that he has, because that man will change your life. Um, speaking of, you know, last thing was, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard of Grant Cardone, uh, another mm-hmm. 
great influencer out there in the world that y'all kids need to get brushed up on. Um, he has a, a wealth creation course that I took and he gets really bold. Uh, you know, savings is definitely, you know, getting an income stream in is, is one of his first tactics, you know, whatever it is, just get a drip coming in. Second is saving 40% of your mm. income. Oh, every month and right away. And, and, and the thing with that is, you know, obviously it sounds like a big chunk of money, you know, and it's, and it, it's, you know, most people don't, I, I never say 40%, right? I heard the 10%, you know, coming up maybe 15. Um, but when you're, when you're younger, you don't have those kinds of expenses and savings has got to be one of the first habits mm-hmm. and skills that you start to build. So without having those, I mean, you know, everybody's different, right? Some, some kids may have to pay for their own cars, uh, don't have that financial support from their family. But if you can start saving 40% now Huge. of it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much you're making. You can make 10 bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month, a thousand bucks a month. And you save 40% of that, you know, most of your parents are going to be taking care of you anyways, right? If you're able to listen to this, you probably have a phone and your parents are probably paying for that phone, right? You know, everybody's different. So I can't say everybody, but if, you start saving and getting into that mindset now. For, I mean, forty percent. That's just that's just a shit ton right there. So, uh, I mean, in in a matter of six months and a year, how much savings you would have? You know, no matter your income level, to save forty percent. I mean, that's that's you're not gonna have, most of you aren't gonna have kids. You're not gonna have a bunch of debt. So take that time to, you know, shoot for that forty percent. But at I'd say bare minimum twenty percent at the younger age because you can be more aggressive with with your savings right now, you know, at, at these younger ages. So that's, that's one thing. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Grant, but that's one thing I wanted to drop in there because the savings is huge. Absolutely. 40%. I love it. New goal for me. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Luke, sir, it has been a pleasure having you on as, as the first guest, we dropped, you dropped a lot of fire here on this episode and, and, you know, any, any closing thoughts for these kids? Any, any last uh, words of wisdom before we end the call today? Um, first, I mean, just want to say thanks for having me, man. It's uh, been an honor, you know, to, to be your first guest. And, uh, you know, I love doing this. I love being able to, you know, share my, my knowledge, my lessons. Um, I would say main thing, you know, um, for, you know, for, for your listeners, I mean, I think a lot of them are that kind of high school, college age would just be just to kind of keep, keep, keep hustling, you know, it's, uh, whether you end up at the goal, you know, that you had set or not, you know, you're never going to regret, you know, putting in the work and, you know, struggling and hustling and overcoming challenges. And, um, like, like I was saying, you know, my goal is always, you know, football and, you know, doing the stuff that I, you know, in that realm, but, um, you know, because I put the work in and not to say I'm anywhere even near where I'd like to get to in the end goal, but I know I'm on the right track because it's all about, you know, you know, putting in the work, following your intuition, following your heart, you know, and just doing, doing the stuff that, that you love to do. And it's always going to pay off. So, um, you know, just keep, keep putting Absolutely. in the time, putting in the effort, putting in the work, you know, it's, it's going to pay off in the end. Absolutely. Well, Luke, it's been a pleasure having you on, sir, and definitely going to be having you back on here in the future. Looking forward to it, man. You have a good one. All right. You too. Going to be having you back on here in the future. Such a pleasure to have Luke on the show today. Uh, be sure to check Mr. Nolan out. Uh, N-O-W, now land, underscore performance. Uh, he's on Instagram as the primary social media platform for him. You can also add him on Facebook if you like. Uh, but definitely, you know, if you're in the San Diego area, be sure to to give Luke a shout if, if you're needing some training in your life, if you need some great coaching, uh, nutrition coaching, fitness coaching, or mindset coaching, any you know anything related to this that we went over in the show uh, is definitely he's he's your guy in the not only in the San Diego area obviously he talked about doing the online work so you can check him out all over the place. Um, just wanted to drop that in there. Forgot to ask him at the end of the show. So Noland underscore performance is his uh, handle on Instagram. Check him out there. I'll also be adding it into the show notes below. And would love to get your guys' feedback on what you think here. First couple episodes in, I have a a very, very exciting episode coming up next with uh, Rick Streb. Uh, He's an international best-selling author. Of uh, he's he's also in the in the fitness space, primarily in the nutrition space as well. Running a couple of highly successful nutrition businesses, coaching and consulting businesses, 
as well as uh, being a best-selling author, which comes with a lot of perks itself. So stay tuned for that episode. Be sure to leave a review. You know, we thrive on your feedback. So I'm not going to sit here and ask for a five-star review if you don't think this is a five-star show. I'm going to be growing. I'm going to keep evolving. And eventually, I'm going to be worthy of that five-star review. You know, listening back on it so far, I can tell i got a lot of work to do, but that's okay. I'm going to keep grinding and keep pushing through. So any feedback you guys get, shoot me over email at kpullins 3 at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback, any thoughts, any kinds of topics you want covered, any guests that you want to hear about, any particular subjects, anything that we can bring value to you. Let me know what that is, and I'm going to make sure we deliver that for you. So until next time, stay great, stay strong.